Hello and welcome back to another brand new Footloose and Fancy Free episode of Back to Basics. I still happen to be Pastor Don, and I am joined again by everybody's favorite Courtney out of all possible Courtneys in the multiverse, Courtney Fraley. The Courtney is Courtney, maybe. Exactly. The Courtney is Courtney. <laughs> Courtney. Um, so today we are continuing our move into the Joseph story by not talking about Joseph at all. Um, we have here today chapter 38, which is the story of Judah and Tamar. Now, this is a, a nice little interlude after Joseph gets his butt kicked and sent on his way, but before we start following Joseph through Egypt here. And we start to get an idea of what Joseph's brothers, or at least Judah, uh, are up to in the meantime. Uh, fun fact, uh, not great. Not great stuff. Um, these guys kind of continue to act like entitled you know high school jocks who kind of do whatever they want and try to avoid consequences and generally hate on women in inexplicable ways um so we are going to be dealing with that a little bit today uh are you ready for that eh. <laughs> fair fair point um so why don't we, since we're continuing to go with this big old chapter chunk approach, let's just keep doing the way we did last time. And I'll start off reading from Alter's translation here. And you can just chuck a pineapple at me or something whenever you're ready for me to stop. Sound good? All righty. All righty. So let us begin our journey with the story of Judah and Tamar, starting from Genesis chapter 38. Let's begin. And it happened at this time that Judah went down from his brothers and pitched his tent by an Adulamite named Hirah. And Judah saw there the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua, and he took her and came to bed with her. And she conceived and bore a son and called his name Ur. And she conceived again and bore a son and called his name Onan. Fun fact, this guy will come back later for a big old discussion. And she bore still another son and called his name Shelah, and he was at Chezib when she bore him. And Judah took a wife for heir, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. And Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. And Judah oh, said... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's a little vague. <laughs> yeah, it's a little vague. Just death um, note style, boom, heart attack gone. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, it's you you okay over there? I'm I'm reading the notes here on this particular ah. passage here. Um the nature of his moral failing remains unspecified, but given the insistent pattern of reversal of primogeniture in all of these stories, it seems almost sufficient merely to be firstborn in order to incur God's displeasure. Though the firstborn is not necessarily evil, he usually turns out to be obtuse, rash, wild, or otherwise disqualified from carrying on the heritage. It's noteworthy that Judah, who inverted uh, the lie Tolkien that... was Christian after all. <laughs> it's noteworthy that Judah, who invented the lie that triggered his own father's mourning for a dead son, is bereaved of two sons in rapid sequence. In contrast to Jacob's extravagant grief, nothing is said about Judah's emotional response to these losses. So, fun stuff. Um, but you didn't mention is... anything in here about him losing yeah. those sons. Yeah, so... This is... Um, I, I'll admit I did not read ahead 
as much as I should have, because I can almost be certain that we're going to spend a while talking about this first chunk of this chapter. So let's let me finish this up because we're going to have a bit to talk okay. about here. Um, because you know the the Ur getting struck down thing that's one thing, but Onan is the kid we're going to want to look at here uh, because he is so well known that his name is a verb in Japanese. Not even kidding. Um, so really? let's tell. Let me tell the story and tell me if you've heard this one. All right. So I'm going to go back a little bit. And she bore another. She bore and she bore still another son and called his name Shela. And he was at and she he was at Chesed when she bore him. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. And Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. And Judah said to Onan. Come to bed with your brother's wife and do your duty as a brother-in-law for her and raise up seed for your brother. And Onan knew that the seed would not be his. And so when he would come to bed with his brother's wife, he would waste his seed on the ground so to give no seed to his brother. And what he did was evil in the eyes of the Lord and he put him to death as well. I'm going to stop here for a moment and ask, have you heard this one before? <laughs> Well, context certainly makes a large difference in what's going on here. But also, what is this story? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here to the extent that I I suspect we may just stop here and do the rest later. But oh, my God, this I, I wish I'd read ahead a little bit more because I've been like legitimately excited about unpacking this one since the very beginning, because this is one of the tent pole stories for evangelical purity culture. Um, and all of the different, you know, places that that's seeped into an American culture, puritanical, the Puritans were big on this. This goes back a ways. And when I say that, I really mean it because this is a tent pole to the whole, we're going to get sexually explicit here, everybody. So, you know, fun fact, be ready for this. This is a tent pole piece of theology to the whole Christians don't ever masturbate crowd. Like, this is it. This is the big one. This is... The Holy Grail for Christians don't play with the snake. This is the one. Um, I'm going to get every euphemism I can in here because just, it's so much fun. Anyway. Um, Sorry, folks. He's actually 12. He's like several yep. children in a man suit. Yep, I am just several little children in a big man suit. That's how it works. That's why I'm so fat. Anyway. Um, so like this, out, is, this is one that really needs to be talked about because the belief in this is rooted in like the Puritans and kind of old kind of hyper extremist sects and cults that come off of Christianity and the belief that, well, Onan spilled his seed. So every sperm is sacred. Never, ever let it touch the ground or God will kill you. Yes. I made the Monty Python reference. It needed to be done. No, it's, Slow up for a second. Is this seriously where that comes from? Yes. That's just Yes. There's no, there's no further, like, I mean, there are other places that these people draw upon, like no, cultish belief ever draws from just one place but this is like i said the big tent pole no pun intended um this is it this is where the main source of that comes from and it's so pervasive a belief that and i'm going to give you guys a little language uh lesson here that onan's name in japanese has become a verb onan nisuru literally to do an onan which is the japanese word for to masturbate i'm not even kidding that is so prevalent to belief that it has become linguistically apropos in Japanese. That's how intense this is in those particularly conservative and puritanistic circles. 
Which is extra stupid because it's he's not even masturbating. He's right? using the pull-out method. Yeah. And this is <laughs> this is the thing that absolutely blows my mind. Again, no pun intended. Um, I'm gonna be saying See, that. See, no, this is gonna make me mad. This is a stupid thing. Yeah, it's a very stupid thing. Among the stupidest things in dumbass biblical interpretation that I've ever come across. Hands down. Okay, no pun intended. God, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> Okay, that one was funny. <laughs> this is going to happen a lot, y'all. Buckle up. Um, so, like, the important thing to realize here, and we have talked about this for ever on this show, is the central point is that God, the creator, the almighty, the king of heaven and earth, has one thing in common with William T. Riker and that he is a consent fetishist. Like he absolutely is all 100% about that consent. If consent's not on board, he is pissed. And I say he referring to Riker because God is not gendered and it was a convenience. Anyway, my point is when we look at what's happening here, why did Onan get put to death? Onan get put to death if you're an evangelical or a Puritan or some other purity culture derivative. He said, well, he spilled his seed on the ground. Sperm is not to be wasted. And he died for that. No. No, it's because he was told specifically to make offspring. It's because he committed rape by fraud. That is what happened here. He was given a limited contextual permission to sleep with his brother's wife uh, because uh, with their ritual kind of primitive understanding of genetics, heirs and offspring were everything in that society. And with the, the brother having died before he could produce an offspring, the way that that was done to provide him with legal uh, stability and legal stability for the wife, I might add you, like Tamar's yeah. legal stability depended on this within the context of that society, having a male heir to continue. And so it was within the family, totally custom for the brother-in-law to step up and say, well, next best thing, right? All right, like it's not a love thing. It's not an affection thing. This is a necessary social transaction, uh, as I've said to many people. And so he was just doing it. He didn't want to do it to uh, well, give her kids. So he just that, did it anyway. That's, and, where and, it, that's where it comes in is he was from his father and from his sister-in-law <laughs> and from God, he was in that position to do a job he wasn't there is for his this, own amusement are we talking like rape vis-a-vis -vis contract fraud yeah i mean it, literally I and mean, that is a thing legally even in the united states today it's a concept of rape by fraud um if you get what's what's the word uh stealthing i think is the term that's used by a lot of people where like you agree to have sex with a woman on the condition that you use a condom and then you stealthily remove mm -hmm. it that's considered mm -hmm. rape by fraud under most prosecutable jurisdictions in the u.s like Having a, an agreed upon consent structure that is dependent on certain features and then stealthily removing those features and then continuing to do the deed is considered a fraudulent act and a type of rape under most criminal codes. This um, is just the reverse of what we would see normally now. Well, yeah, because normally it's, you know, the woman has been raped by fraud and hides out because nobody's going to give a crap and she feels violated, yada, yada, yada. Um, and in this case, it was God said, yeah, I ain't doing that and struck him the hell dead. So it's it's a positive reversal, I would tend to think. Um, but that is what happened here. Is God took one look at that and said, yeah, you were just doing that to get your jollies off. That ain't what I asked of you. 
you're done. Like, he literally canceled him for being a dude, bro. That's what happened. So, like, this is one that I really feel needs to be talked about because it is so central to a lot of people's sexual theology that you can't, you can't, ride the snake train to Pleasureville. You can't do any of this stuff uh, without getting struck down by God because God is watching and don't you spill that stuff. Um, like it's important. It's amazing. God is not obsessed with sperm y'all. Like that's not how this works. I, I really would, would be deeply curious to find out what it was about Ur that was so evil. There's no, there's no explanation given whatsoever. And I like, I know you talked about that. It just, it, in yeah. the face of the rest of this, it seems like that seems like information that is contextually relevant. Honestly, it's not like no? the most likely explanation here is that Ur like died of a heart attack or like a mountain goat fell on his head while he was walking by a nearby mountain or he got a mild cut on his finger and died of like septic shock or something like something utterly trivial. I'm sure. And it was added later on that, well, God struck him down too, because that's kind of how they viewed a lot of those things like that. Um, I don't think it was a really dramatic narrative piece that was really necessary. It was just, dude died because sometimes people die. Like it was, a, it was a little more out of the ordinary because, and I think we've talked about this before, that like lifespans, uh, discounting, of course, the whole biblical longevity issue, which we've talked about, that lifespans in the ancient world, uh, were comparable to the modern world in a key respect in that like infant mortality was much higher. So once you cleared the infant mortality barrier, you, know, you generally lived all right. Um, it wasn't that much lower than it was now, but shit like this did still happen. Um, so it is a little odd in the fact that he wasn't killed in combat. It wasn't like a mugging. It doesn't seem to be a violent thing that happened. It was probably like an infection or a heart attack or some other medical condition like you know, mm -hmm. he drank bad water or something. Who knows? Aneurysm, um, whatever the hell. Because <laughs> whatever the hell kind of thing that they yeah. wouldn't be able to explain back then. Right. It wasn't infant mortality. Like, an aneurysm is probably a good call. Like, he was walking around one day and suddenly fell over dead. God struck him down. God, knows. I don't know why. Yeah, that would look for all the world like you were just struck dead by an angry God. Yeah. yeah. He was an asshole older child, and then he suddenly fell over dead. I bet you I know what that's all about. Um, Like, that's pretty much the assumption here. Like, it's got... It, See, I get, I, I'm, I'm too much of a nerd. I get too into the story the same way that I get into like narratives that I'm paying attention to, and I get mad when like something doesn't make sense. But there's sometimes contextual reasons yeah. why there's something thrown in there based on the understanding and the and the culture at the time that this was written an absurdly long time ago. Yeah. Like the thing about it is, is the, the bit with her is just really establishing cultural context for this. Like. It's it's a it's set up for a situation that was in the context of the time remarkably well known. Like this was a thing that happened enough times that it was considered a cultural legal practice. Like as second son, you if the eldest died, it's you had an your obligation job, yeah. to screw your sister in law. Like that that like you were obligated under the social conformities of the time. Like it, it wasn't just a case of like is oh it, well is it is it like how and I don't know if this is a myth, it probably is or something, but um how like the position of best man in a wedding was originally supposed to be like if anything happened to the groom that guy was supposed to take care of his wife yeah, kind of but more kind of socially ingrained and a little more sex-based for genetic inheritance like, yeah <laughs> like i mean uh, 
I've heard, I've heard that as well. And I don't know if it's a myth or not, but under that particular best man tradition, it's take care of his wife, not take care of his wife. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. You know, because that would be, yeah. a, there'd be a lot more dead grooms, I think, in that scenario. Because um, men are pigs. Anyway, um, you know, but yeah, here we have a situation in which, like, when the when the brother dies, the other brother is expected and indeed required under the way their society operates to step up and provide an heir. And the people that that you know originated and told and then wrote these stories would have been aware of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. So it's not it wouldn't be weird to them. It's it's just weird to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's just like I'm reading Alter's notes here, and that's pretty much exactly the same thing he says here. This is a case of sexual proxy. Um, the, the, there is some debate here as to whether Onan does what he does because he's troubled by the idea of sexual proxy. Like he doesn't want to have created children or whether he was just like pleasure fucking his brother's wife. Like it's not clear. But either way, it was completely yeah. against what he was. And I think that's doing. important. The fact that Onan's motivations aren't exactly clear because in a case of rape, the rapist's motivations are largely irrelevant. Yeah, thank you. Like, I'm sorry, they're not. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, uh, sorry, pipe that one up again for the folks in the back. Yeah, I'm going to say this again. Why? Onan probably could have had any any of a, a handful of different motivations for why he decided he was just going to fuck his brother's wife and not impregnate her according to their agreement. Uh, but whatever his motivations were, God very clearly expressed it's not relevant. A rapist's motivations are not relevant if they committed a rape. Like, and this actually carries over to a lot of things, honestly. Like, if you if you harm someone, your reasons for doing so are generally irrelevant. Like, if you have yeah. committed harm, you are responsible for amending that harm. Mm -hmm. um, now, in this case, I'm not sure what kind of amendment can do. And God was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to cancel the whole man." Like, that's that's done. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in this case. His motivations could be several things, could be interesting to consider. Uh, oftentimes when I've talked about this, I tend to think it looks to my modern eyes more like he really kind of had a thing for his sister-in-law. Um, but then yeah. again, I, no. then again, I <laughs> spent a fair amount of time thing. on Reddit. So, you know, um, but in the end, what are you doing, brother-in-law? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What if there's a dryer involved? Anyway, um, as as somebody who worked in uh one of the last of the great video stores, uh, yeah, that had an adult room. Yeah, there's there's a horrifying amount of that. But let's draw a curtain yeah, over the. Anybody scene. who's been on the internet knows that onan nisudu is a thing that happens a lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, my my point is is that this is a clear cut case of God striking someone down for committing an act of rape by fraud. His motivations don't matter. Why he did it is largely irrelevant. He did the thing and, quote, what he did was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and he put him to death as well. There's no ambiguity. There's no question about it. There's no, well, maybe God thought he might be redeemable if he apologized in private in his heart to the Lord and then went on to serve as a youth pastor fucking other children. No, that's not okay if you commit a sexual crime like that a violation of consent particularly and i think it's important to know that relative to tamar omar was in a position of power onan was in a position of power like he had power relative to tamar like she was in many ways being used as an agent for family uh progression and not necessarily as a person in her own right 
So he violates the the legal issue here. He violates her consent. Um, and God is not having it today. Like, that's just not a thing that God's on board with. And that has got to be taken very, very clearly here. That this, you know, and again, I'm going to say this for the, the young, budding teen and preteen evangelicals who may almost certainly be listening. God doesn't care if you masturbate. That's not what this is about. No. This has absolutely, unequivocally, nothing to do with it. Ride that hog, brothers and sisters. Have fun with it. Um, it's it's not for that. Like that, that's not what this is about. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think honestly, we have covered enough ground on this for to be its own episode as it stands. I think we're going to let this here, and then we will go ahead and continue on with the rest of judah and this situation as we go on because it's gonna get more complicated the whole tamar situation with judah because this as crazy of a tent peg as it is the second phase of this and I'll, spoilers for what's likely to be the next episode as I say, i'm looking ahead and i'm like what yeah uh spoilers <laughs> for the next episode uh tamar is not done uh with this house and winds up sleeping with judah um this is going to get complicated and messy in some very peculiar ways. So as fucked up as this first chapter, the first chunk of the chapter is, the second part's going to dial it up to 11. And if that doesn't get you tuning in for the next episode, I don't know what will. Uh, anything else yes. you want to poke at before we... Uh, uh, no, I'm just looking ahead and we don't have time to do another recording tonight, but I'm kind of looking forward to this insanity. Yeah, like we are... I, I, I've this is this is the insanity that like i god i love this because this is one of those texts that when we think about like old testament insanity and the way that it's used modernly by even sometimes well-meaning people within the church it's like wow this was swing and a miss by a lot of people like this is a clear-cut prohibition against rape by fraud and y'all are taking it about yanking the weasel it's not that it's totally not that. Like, that is a swing and a miss by so many people. All right. Shall we call it for today? Uh, yep. Yeah, right. let's, let's call it good. So, friends, folks, family, and otherwise, thank you for turning into this weirdly sexual episode of Back to Basics. Uh, but, hey, what was said had to be said and cannot be unsaid. So, that's now when your brains deal with it. Anyway... Um, come join us in our community where I promise we're not making wild sex jokes all the time. Just, you know, most of the time. We even have a specific channel on our Discord. We do. <laughs> just for that. We have an NSFW channel specifically for making terrible jokes and asking questions about sex. And I can tell you, this has come up once or twice there. It's been a while, but it's been up there a couple times. Um, yep. But yes, Discord server is a place where you can join us where we talk about these things and other things and share joys and have fellowship and pray with each other and share terrible jokes and pictures and just so, so many memes. Um, it's, it is our place. Um, for those of you who are located in the wonderful island nation of Japan, which is where our actual church is located, we have an actual church too. So you can come join us there. We have our worship service on the first Sunday of every month, but we've got other stuff popping off as well you can find details about most things at the website which is linked down in the below there our church calendar everything it's all on the website go go check us out it's nice it's in english uh if you don't speak english and are somehow still understanding this shoot me an email i'll hook you up with more details 
Um, otherwise, there is one thing that I would love to request you to do, but that's not my job. So, Courtney? Like, share, and subscribe. Please. It really Comment helps. down below. Yeah. Honestly, join the con conversation here. Like, share, subscribe. Those things honestly really do help us. So, that being said, we hope we'll see you around in our community. Otherwise, have yourselves a wonderful week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.